Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, joined as always by Mike Morton, the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, the proprietor of Morton Financial Advice. Mike, welcome back. Hey, Matt. It's always great to be here, especially summertime. It's been awesome. Summertime is... Summertime is, it's supposed to be relaxing. It is kind of relaxing. It's, yeah. um, and yet the work, <laughs> it's kind of relaxing. The at work times, keeps yeah. going. It's not like, you know, it's not like when you were a kid and it was like, ah, you get three months off, which is one of the reasons that we don't lead the world in educational attainment anymore. Hey, um, speaking of young people, <laughs> wait, wait, I think you should, I think you should get more months off in the summer. Why, you know, I think more sh- people should have more time off in the summer. So, in fact, uh, shout out to my small business owners out there. Try to craft a way where you can take more time in or, the summer. Or start your small business in France. Just saying, that could be the opportunity <laughs> Ooh, that matches wait. up. Are you telling me I should be moving to France? Then I could watch the tour That's live. the way it goes. That's live. the way it goes. You get, <laughs> you get, what is it, like five weeks of paid vacation? Anyway, we're way off top. You know, I, I, I did want to start us off by talking <laughs> about young people because... There are a significant number of young people right now who are enjoying a bit of a summer break. And, you know, their 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 minds are not particularly focused on serious stuff. But you want to drag their attention onto some serious stuff for just a few minutes during this pod. Why? Well, yeah, not necessarily drag their minds, although that'd be great. You can send this episode to your favorite uh, teenager or young adult. Uh, but it's also, you know, the listeners of this podcast uh, generally are, uh, well, podcast and on the radio could be any number of people, but I'm sure there's somebody in your life who is, you know, approaching teenage years, teenage or young adult. And so that's what this episode is for because. Really, the younger you can get started with saving and investing, the better off you're going to be. And we told this story before that Warren Buffett wouldn't be a household name if he hadn't been investing for over eight decades. All right. He started as like a 12 year old and he's now in his 90s, still investing. If he had stopped, like most people met that want their summers back, maybe stop working at age 65. You're like, you know what? I'm kind of I'm, I'm done. I've saved enough you would not know Warren Buffett's name. It's the longevity of investing. And so that's why I wanted to create this episode, an easy go-to episode for what those teenagers or young adults can do in terms of simple implementation of saving and investing that they will look back in five or 10 or 20 years when they finally wrap their head around like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Oh my gosh, look at this head start that I got um, since I got started when I was young. Now, for our listeners who may be getting a sense of familiarity, a certain deja vu, yes, it is a glitch in the matrix. Yes, we all work for (laughs) super intelligent machines. Yes, we are all doomed. But in addition to that, I think very explicitly, you were telling me before we got on the air that you know that we've touched on some of the pieces of this before, but you kind of want to wrap it all together very specifically. Well, look, there's only so many topics around financial planning, especially for the audience that that we're trying to reach. Um, so in this instance, yeah, Matt, it's exactly right. I was chatting with a good friend of mine who actually helps me with this podcast. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, I've listened to a whole bunch of the podcasts. I know we talked about this before. 
but you know, getting ready to open up, you know, an investment account and get started, you know, what should I do? And I was like, well, we talked about this like in every episode, what you should be doing. So um, I really wanted to break it down, make it super simple for all the, the busy parents out there, or if you got a niece or a nephew that you could forward this on to, or a grandchild or whoever it is, to make it really simple on the steps you can do to how to get started. And then we can talk about, you know, why those are important and other stuff around that. All right, so if you're listening on the radio, then just, you know, this is this is your opportunity to start subscribing to a podcast because this is going to be your one-stop shop. So check out Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs or Capital Close-Up. You'll find this episode in there and this this will be your, your easy go-to. All right, all right, here we go. Let's launch. So um, you have a teenager, a young adult in your life, or maybe you are such a person. What's... Where do you start? Yeah, here's what here's what I want you to do. If you have some earned income, all right, open up a Roth IRA, all right, and then inside of that, then you're going to put some money into that Roth IRA, some savings, some long-term savings into there, or maybe an aunt and uncle or a parent is going to put some money into that Roth IRA. Again, you need earned income. Open a Roth IRA and invest it into a total stock market fund. And you can call me up in 20 years and thank me later. All right, that's it. So this has been <laughs> financial planning for entrepreneurs. This is big capital. No, no, yeah, no I mean, is it really just keep that it simple? simple? Well, of course, there's um, nuance as with anything, but here's the deal, again, earned income. So let's think of those teenagers, young adults, um, just getting your first job. Um, and you now have some earned income. Maybe you're mowing lawns, getting some earned income. Maybe you've got, you know, you're working in the kitchen, you know, or a waiter or waitress, um, got some earned income. Take that amount, you can take up to that amount of income. Hey, I made $2,000 this summer. I'm gonna open up a Roth IRA. I'm gonna contribute $2,000. Then I'm gonna log in and I'm going to purchase a total US stock market fund with the $2,000. And yes, that's what you want to do. Now, one other uh, quick point: if you are a minority, you know, a minor, sorry, minority. Excuse me. <laughs> if you are, if you're in the minority, though, no, if you are a, a minor, you can't open a Roth IRA directly. Okay, so it'll be a custodial account um, if you're a minor. So get your parent to help you open up a Roth IRA. But that's it, man. I would just keep it that simple. So, why? Why a Roth IRA? And again, I got to give the disclaimer. We've done a whole episode about Roth IRAs, the magic of Roth IRAs. You real, you're a big fan, but just you know, give me give me like the nutshell version for a minute. Why this specific thing? Why is that the best starting place for young investors? Okay, so you're going to put in, you're going to save a thousand dollars for the future, future spending. You decide I'm not going to need this thousand dollars. So that $1,000 is going to grow to, by the time you retire, 40 years from now, it's going to grow to $100,000. So it's grown from $1,000 to $100,000, okay, in 40 years. Then you decide you want to spend the $100,000. You're going to sell out of that fund and spend your $100,000. Oh, wait, the government's going to want some of that growth. Anything that any uh, income, any increase in your net worth, a lot of times the government wants a piece of that. Okay, so you invested the thousand, you sell a hundred thousand dollar stock, and the government wants, say, twenty thousand dollars from you. If you had had that in a Roth IRA, that thousand dollars in a Roth IRA, 
all $100,000 will be yours. Well, and that's, so that, again, yeah. and, and this goes back to a principle that you've mentioned on the show before, which is pay your taxes when your rate is low. And so presumably when you're doing that summer job, you're early in your career, now is the best time to pay those taxes because you're paying less and then you get the full benefit later on when presumably you'll be in a well, higher bracket. Yeah, well, it's not just that, too. Most people, you know, just that's traditional IRA versus Roth IRA. I'm not going to go into all of that, but this is just saving it somewhere. So you, instead of a Robinhood account with just a regular brokerage or checking account, instead of saving it there, save it in a Roth IRA. That's, that's the big takeaway. So you're a young person, you're a teenager, you're in your 20s, Roth IRAs. Max them out if you can every single year. And just to be clear again, you're talking about, in, in terms of where you put this money once you open the account, you're talking about it going into a low-cost stock index fund. Yeah, now let's talk about that. So this is part two. So you have two things to do. <laughs> you need to open up a Roth IRA. Again, if you're under the age of 18, 21 in some states, um, <clears throat> it needs to be a custodial account. Okay, but open up a Roth IRA, contribute money, I guess it's three steps, contribute money to the Roth IRA, and then invest that money. So where do you invest that money? That's gonna be your next question, right? The answer is, there's a variety of places, this is not financial advice, even though that might be in the title of the podcast, it's not financial advice. But here's what I recommend you might take a look at, is a total US stock market fund, okay? It's all the public companies in the US, 3,500 or so different companies. You can get one from Vanguard, that's a ticker symbol VTI, okay, is one of these products. So super low cost index fund, and you want it to be 100% invested in the stock market. No cash, no bonds, 100% in the stock market. If you're again, teenager, young adult, uh, put the money in and invest it in the stock market. And any any variation on that, I mean, what if you want to like, you want to be the next Warren Buffett and you're like, all right, I want to I want to yeah. go for the gusto here. I mean, do, can people amp up the risk? Is that worth it at this age? Yeah, there's different things that you can do. So there's there's two comments. <clears throat> One, I often recommend um, this is asset classes. I told you U.S. total U.S. stock market. So you're only investing in U.S. companies. You're investing in all of them. The other thing you could do is get a little bit riskier and invest in small cap value stocks. These are these smaller companies in, in the U.S. and then they're also broken into the value. Why do I recommend this for young people? Because of the <clears throat> increase in value over time. There is more risk but there's a lot more reward. It is the asset class that has the best growth potential, historically speaking, okay? And um, really when we're talking 30, 40, 50 year time horizons, then um, any 40 year time horizon in the past, historically, it has outperformed the total market. It has been the best asset class. You're still diversifying across thousands of companies, so you're not taking a risk of like your money going to zero, um, and when you get a 40 year timeline, time horizon, the risk really disappears. So a lot of times we think about risk, all right, in one year, it could be almost a coin flip. Is my stock going up or down? Um, it could really be kind of a coin flip in that sense. But when you're talking five years, 10 years, 
40 years, then the stock market is undoubtedly, in my opinion, the place to be. So a small cap value stock would be something like the Avantis US value stock or um, iShares has one. There's different ones you can get, different ticker symbols, but small cap value, low cost index fund. Now, sorry, the whole idea of small cap index funds just like choked me up there. So is there, I know I get very emotional about this stuff. Speaking of getting very emotional about this, calm yourself I know, down. I know. Well, I mean, this has been kind of an emotional time. If you've heard anything about the stock market, what you've mostly heard is, in a word, bad. It sounds like, you know, the last few months <laughs> have been like, oh, stock market, bad. And one thing that I learned in my years in politics is that people pick up on these things a little bit. Sometimes, you know, you get you get dribs and drabs of the news because people are busy living their lives. Plus, it's summer, you know, and if you're talking about a young person, maybe a young person who's on her way off to college or, you know, on an internship, you're, you're just focused on other stuff. So I could just hear listeners catching this episode and saying, wait a second stock market bad right now. Why on earth do I want to do this? What kind of a financial advisor are you, Mike Morton? Are you like evil? What's yeah, yeah. going on? And does this go back to the point you were making a few weeks ago about like, yes, the stock market is down, but that also could be an opportunity because you could be getting stocks at a discount from a long-term perspective? Well, Absolutely. Right. So when you're a young person or anybody, and, and now I'm going to use young in all the way up to maybe you and I, Matt. No, that's so wrong. We'll definitely wrong, get a grin wrong. on your face. Go on, though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you are not spending your investment money, the money you're putting aside today, if you're not spending it for another 10 years or more, okay, um, then you want things to go down. You want to buy more things when they're on sale. Let's load up while stuff is on sale. So uh, especially teens, 20s, 30s, uh, you want the stock market to crash, my friend, uh, because then you just get to buy more of it. Remember that the stock market is a capitalist machine that you have companies making products that we love to buy. All right, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep having companies creating products and services that we love to buy. The cheaper we can buy their future sales, the better it is, okay? So if they're high now, then they're not gonna go up that much over the next 10 or 20 years. If they're lower now, then they're gonna go up a lot more in the next 10 or 20 years. So yeah, now is a, you know, every time is a great time for purchasing stocks when, uh, you know, if you have that long time horizon, and now is, uh, you know, another one of those examples. And I mean, just to just to kind of put a finer point on this, again, past performance is not necessarily an indicator of future results, which as we've discussed on this show before, I think is laughable because what else are you going to <laughs> yeah. base your indications of future results on? Like, yeah. you know, but, but, but historically, the percent returns over 40 years are quite astonishing. You gave the numerical example before, yeah. but in percent terms, they're yeah. pretty robust. Yeah, let, let me give you a couple of, I don't want to um, throw out too many numbers on the on the podcast and on the, the radio waves, but I do want to mention a couple of things. The past performance and future results, what's funny about that too, is the more things go down now, 
uh, or in general, just at, at any time, you know, the 2000.com crash, the financial crisis in 0809, like the more it goes down, in other words, the cheaper the stock market, the better the future returns. So you can look at that inverted graph, right? The cheaper things are, <clears throat> the better the future returns. Um, so to say that past performance has no indication on future results, yeah, is kind of laughable in that sense. Like, yeah, things, you know, there are patterns to certain things. Now you can't predict them and you can't say like the time them one year, five years, stuff like that. But there are general patterns, you know, over time. And what else are you going to base uh, your investments on anyway? So getting back to the risk question, I said in one year, it's kind of a coin flip. Is it going to go up or down in the next 12 months? No one has any idea. All right. So a one year return for the total stock market has fluctuated between, you know, negative 35% to positive 35%. All right. So the worst one year would be going down 35% and the best one year is going up 35%. These are approximate, you know, numbers. So it's kind of that coin flip. But when you take it out to 40 years, what's the best 40 year period? And what's the worst possible 40 year period in historical perspective? So looking in the last 120 years, every 40 year period, what's the best and worst? Well, the worst was a 9% annual return and the best was a 12.5%. So now we're to look at the window from 9% to 12.5%. Um, are rolling 40-year periods. So my guess, yeah, the next 40 years, most likely to be somewhere in there. Could be a variation. It could be as low as 8% a year. Could be as high as 13% a year. It could be an outlier. Um, but it's probably going to be somewhere in there if we're going to go on those historic results. So again, the risk one year could be up or down drastically. But over 40 years, that's why I believe the stock market is the place to be. Should people be using apps you mentioned Robinhood before you know anything else they should really be doing to to get this going well there's certainly a lot of other ways of teaching um, investing to young young people and we've talked about that in some other episodes I do um, like Robinhood for that, for just teaching what is investing all about. You know, why don't you put a couple hundred dollars into a company? See what happens. The reason I like this, Matt, is because you're going to learn a lot about yourself and you're going to make mistakes when the stakes are low. You're going to put in a few hundred bucks and watch it get cut in half in six months. And you're going to learn a real lesson, you know, because those couple hundred bucks means a lot to a 17 year old. You know, um, and so that will help them avoid putting in, which I've seen, you know, $50,000 in something and that gets cut in half. Ooh, that's that starts hurting a lot more. So, yeah, you can just make sure you go in with why you're doing this. Again, the Roth IRAs for the long term buy a low cost index fund, let it ride forever. But other you can use other apps um, and trading to teach other lessons. And I guess the final question is I could just hear people with a young person in their life, or if you're a young person yourself saying, all right, this all sounds well and good, but I still got to go to college. I got to save for that. How, how am I supposed to put away a thousand bucks now when I've got this looming expense? I mean, you're still saying you just got to do the math and believe me, your future self will thank you. Well, there's always competing uh, ideas for your dollars. And what I'm saying is get started as soon as you can with a Roth IRA, putting as much as possible into it. And for parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles listening out there, if you can, this is a great way of helping out um, young kids 
by helping them get a real head start on their future savings. Mike Morton, Morton Financial Advice, thanks so much. Thanks.